Hi, welcome to the StoryWorth podcast. We're glad you're here. I'm your host, Krista Baum, co-founder of StoryWorth. On this podcast, we feature true stories written by StoryWorth writers. If you're new to StoryWorth, we help people write their life stories, the big stories and the small ones. Once a week, we send our writers a question to help inspire their writing. They reply to the email with an answer or story that comes to mind. At the end of the year, we print what they've written into a beautiful keepsake book. Every story written using StoryWorth is private, but for this podcast, the writers volunteered to share their stories publicly with you. Today's story is every mother's worst nightmare, being abandoned and stranded in the woods with your three children at sundown with no food, no tools, no shelter. Charlotte Edgar is here with her daughter Morgan to reminisce about what happened that night and how they made it through. But before we talk to her, we're going to hear her story read by voice actor and host of The Lonely Palette, Tamar Avishai, as Charlotte answers the question, what is the bravest thing you've ever done? One summer, I took my youngest three children to Vancouver Island for a camping trip with my brother. The children were quite young, nine, seven, and five, or somewhere around there, and we had a wonderful time. On our way home, we stopped overnight at Emerald Lake in Yoho National Park. It's a beautiful place. The lodge still had some of its old trimmings, and the lake was a true reflection of its name. We got settled in our room, and I decided to take the children on a trail ride. At the stables, they offered us a sunset ride, which sounded perfect to me. I heard the Wranglers discussing who was going to take us, and they decided it would be Spike. He was a young chap with not much experience, but I thought, we can handle this. We got settled on our horses and headed out on the trail. Not long after, Spike told us to be as quiet as possible, because he didn't want to startle any bears that were native to the area. Despite what he may have said, I immediately began to sing. I wanted any bears in the vicinity to back off at the sound of my voice. I didn't want to alarm the children, and I also didn't want to see any bears. And singing was simply what we did together. Even with our singing, a black bear suddenly crossed our path. Three times, maybe more, bears crossed in front of us on the trail. I just kept talking and singing to keep the children from being worried, and in the hopes that we would scare any more bears or any other predators off. We waded through streams a few times and gained quite a bit of elevation and I was beginning to get the sense that Spike didn't actually know his way at all. Finally, we reached a plateau about 50 feet across, seemingly a former fire lookout. There were only a few small trees in the area where we stopped. We all dismounted to have a look at the view, which wasn't grand because the forest had grown up around the periphery. It was dusk by then, and Spike didn't tie up any of the horses. I asked him if he was concerned about the horses not being tied, and he explained his horse was the lead horse and wouldn't go anywhere. Just as he was saying this, the horses began to run down an old, overgrown road with Spike's lead horse up in the front. Spike began chasing after them, which made them gallop away from us. Gone. There I was with my three babies, alone. I'd left my jacket tied to the latigo on the back of my saddle. In the pocket were emergency supplies like matches, a compass, and a flashlight. I instantly learned an important lesson. Always carry the essentials on your person. But it was too late to worry about that. It was a warm summer evening, so none of the children were wearing jackets. But it was getting darker by the minute. 
we'd seen at least three bears, and this dense forest was also home to cougars and wolves. The warm evening air would soon turn nighttime cold, and my most important task became not only to keep the children safe, but to keep them unafraid. The first thing I did was laugh at how funny Spike and the horses looked from behind as they were all running away. The children joined me in laughter, as I'd hoped. I suspected the road they took was an old fire trail that would lead out somewhere. With any luck, Spike would eventually find his way back to the barn, following the horses who always know how to get home. And then the Wranglers would come looking for us. But I had no idea how long it would take for my hopes to come to fruition. I had to prepare myself for a long stay up there, in the dark, with my babies. While there was still light, we got to work. I dragged all the branches I could find and put them at points around the perimeter. My intention was to have branches I could swing at animal intruders if needed. We arranged sticks in a circle and an arrow, too, hoping a helicopter might see our signs if that became necessary. I continued to tell the children things that seemed to reassure them. And then we danced and sang to Hava Nagila, an Israeli folk song, which kept us moving and happy. And when they got tired of that, I tried to find the tools for a flint in the hope of starting a fire. I became their teacher in surviving the wilderness. It was getting hard to see as night was closing in and I was not able to start a fire. We began to run out of things to entertain ourselves. The children were getting tired and I could tell my youngest was beginning to worry. It eventually became pitch black. I think there was a moon, but it didn't give us much light through the trees. We huddled together, and I wrapped my arms around the children and told them stories and sang them their favorite songs. We laughed a little. I told them the Wranglers would be coming for us very soon. I wasn't at all certain of this, but the children were reassured, and that was my top priority. I had my ears pricked for any sounds from the surrounding forest. I could only hope all our noise would keep any creature from approaching. I weighed my options. Walking out the fire trail was one, but the road was overgrown, and I had no idea how far it would be to some kind of safety. And we had seen bears on our way up. And I hadn't paid attention to our route with Spike at the lead. I scolded myself for not being more responsible. Finding our way back on our own wasn't an option. I had to keep the children safe and happy while I waited to be rescued. I asked myself a lot of questions during that time with my children in the dark. It had seemed like such an innocent outing, a sunset trail ride on a beautiful summer evening in the mountains. But I had not listened to my intuition, always a bad thing. Initially, my gut told me to insist on a more experienced Wrangler joining us on the trail ride. But I deferred that decision because I thought the Wranglers knew best. I left essential survival gear in my jacket tied to my horse. I knew about horses, and yet I asked inexperienced Spike why he wasn't tying up the horses when I should have just done it myself. I didn't stop Spike from running after the horses when I knew chasing them would only make them run faster. I had left my children's safety and my own in someone else's hands. Never again. Finally, I heard noises from the forest and very quickly the sound of men's voices. I was so relieved. I told the children they were coming to bring us back. We all started to call out to the approaching group. 
Once they arrived, we saddled up and began our trip back to the stables. The Wranglers had Spike lead the way on foot the whole journey back, including the stream crossings. When we got back, it was about one o'clock in the morning, but we still took time to enjoy a cup of hot chocolate with the cowboys, savoring the fact that the evening's thrilling adventure had finally come to a close. I'm not really sure this story is about bravery, but I certainly did what needed to be done. I needed to keep my babies calm and safe from harm, and I did my best. At least we have the story. The nice thing about singing to grandchildren is Morgan actually has a beautiful voice, and I do not have a very good voice, but grandchildren don't care. So I can sing to my heart's content, and and they're happy. I don't know that I'd say I have a beautiful voice, and I'm definitely not a trained singer, but, you know, I like singing to them, so. She does have a beautiful voice. I'm sure she does. I'm sure she does. Charlotte and Morgan, thanks for joining us. I'm a mom, and I totally felt the weight of this predicament, Charlotte. And maybe more than being afraid of the bears attacking us in the woods. I'm a, I would be afraid of my kids attacking me if I was caught in the woods without snacks. <laughs> but Morgan, how do you remember that trip as a kid? Well, I remember we kind of arrived later in the afternoon and it was a bit of an impromptu decision to take this sunset horse ride. And I was just following my brothers and sisters and my mom. And I think uh, it became kind of clear to me pretty early on that the guide might not know that much what he was doing. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I do remember seeing bears and seeing, you know, we were really in the, in the woods. Like it wasn't sort of a, a nose to tail, like pony ride. Like we were in the mountains. Everyone like the, I think there was probably just a general feeling that things were Maybe not exactly as it had planned to be. But I wasn't, like, in hindsight, I remember telling all my friends about it, and it was, like, a really fun story to tell, but I wasn't, I don't remember it being a terrifying experience. So I think you did your, you did what you intended to do, which was to keep us calm. Congratulations, Mom. Yeah, Yeah, just hearing Morgan say that, oh, just to hear Morgan hear that she recollected this story without fear, but with some fun. Uh, with her friends, it makes me makes me want to cry because I I really therefore did accomplish what I intended to. I don't remember sensing that she was afraid at all, and I mean, like I said, now, uh, like as a mother myself, I can imagine that she was definitely had to be brave in the moment. But no, I felt like she was she had it all under control. Charlotte, as you wrote your story and had time to reflect on it. How do you think that experience changed you? I learned that I needed to be prepared and I needed to be in charge of any adventure that I decided to do. Relying on somebody else is not something that works out perfectly every time. It was an affirmation that I should always listen to my intuition. And I hadn't listened to my intuition When the Wrangler said, we'll send Spike, I should have at that time listened to my inner voice, which said, no, I want an experienced Wrangler on this trip. And I didn't do that. So 
that always affects the rest of your life. Because on the occasions in my life where I have not listened to my intuition, I've always gotten into some kind of trouble. It's made me realize that, you know, if you want to stay completely safe and if you want your kids to stay completely safe from any potential harm, then you just never leave your house. But, you know, if if you want to have fun, if you want to have adventure, then there's always going to be some element of risk. So Morgan, your mom said she wasn't sure this qualified as her bravest moment. I certainly think it qualifies. But do you have a moment, a story where you're like, oh yeah, my mom is brave? I mean, there were lots. There were lots of times then, uh, you know, that, that trip taking us by herself. We had moments of going out that cabin that my mom mentioned, the paradise, as we called it. I have one memory of going out there without my dad as little kids when there were all five children and my mom brought our golden retriever and our golden retriever's 10 puppies in a laundry basket (laughs) to a place that had no running water and no electricity and all five children on a triple bunk with kerosene Mm -hmm. lamps and 11 dogs. And I mean, that's sort of a funny story, but it is brave. I don't know if I, I mean, at this point, even with two kids and all the modern stuff that we have, I just think, oh my God, can I even imagine doing that? Charlotte, is there a particular life lesson you took from this experience? You just have to take one step after the next and deal with where that brings you in any kind of a situation that requires strength and bravery. And you will get there, but you have to, you know, just take that step and keep yourself solidly connected. Thank you so much for sharing this chapter of your book with us. I loved it. How did you get started with StoryWorth? One of my children, uh, Alicia, gave me StoryWorth for Mother's Day. And I found it very, very enjoyable. I love to string words together in exactly the right way to make it readable and enjoyable for the reader and for myself, too. I find that very satisfying. I ordered 10 copies because we have five children, and I wanted to give one copy to each family. And then some of my adult children, like Morgan and uh, some other friends, were interested in the stories. So I sent those stories to them as I produced them. So Morgan was quite familiar with those stories before the stories culminated in a book. And the intention was to have that book on the shelf of my different families of the next generation and the generation after that so that even my grandchildren and great-grandchildren someday might pull that book off the shelf and see, I I put a self-portrait on the front of the book that I had painted myself, see that and wonder, who is that? And then be able to open it up and read any story they chose and just find out something about my life, find out something about their grandmother or their mother or their great-grandmother. It kind of gives you a little bit of eternity. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to get started writing your life stories or want to give the gift of StoryWorth to a loved one, head over to storyworth.com slash podcast. In our next episode, a small town murder trial and a highly sought after testimony from a key witness. I was probably more nervous than the the defendant was at that point, but... (laughs) StoryWorth is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, hosted by me, Krista Baum, and produced by Hannah Ray Leach. We get production help from Jill Granberg, and our mix engineer is Eric Coltnow. We'll see you next time.